Hey, it is the greatest show on earth, and we appreciate your support. Happy Halloween. Halloween is upon us. It is Soundcheck Flicks. I'm Tim Piles, excited to be here with my man, Graham Stevens. He's not too happy with me, though. I, I went and saw a ghost recently, and you're kind of getting down <laughs> on me about seeing ghosts, which is like a perfect Halloween band, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, at that show, I met Bruce Dickinson, who is probably one of your gods in metal, and he was at the ghost show. So Bruce Dickinson of Iron Maiden approves of ghosts. Why can't you? Bruce Dickinson is a great voice of metal. Bruce Dickinson as a person is a dick. Let's just be honest. <laughs> well, like, I got my photo with him, so that was all I needed. <laughs> I'm not surprised I, I probably he was creeped at that show. Out. Probably but, creeped him out a little bit. But excited about Halloween. By the way, I love your costume, Graham. Thank you. I'm, I'm going for the... Uh, it's, it's our next episode, but it's Halloween-themed. Yeah. It's slasher-themed. <laughs> we love it. Well, Jacob Turnblum is here. I've known Jacob for, gosh, over two decades, I want to say, at oh least. Oh, my gosh. Uh, did I meet you first in First Wave Hello? Would that have been the band at the time? I'm looking yeah. over your career yeah, in yeah. First Wave Hello. That sounds right. And yeah. we got uh, Mrs. Magician going now, as a matter of fact. Pretty excited. Uh, show just happened with Say Anything. Um, amazing. Well, how do you get shows with Say Anything? Uh, Are you personally friends with Max Bemis? I'm not. Oh. No, uh, I think like um, Corey is friends with oh, somebody. Somebody from Weatherbox is in, is oh, in that okay. band now. Yeah, yeah, true. All right. I'm not positive, no. but yeah, I think he's friends with them from a long time ago. And then we, they just asked us to play that show, and we said yeah because sounds like fun. That was up in L.A. and here in San Diego. It was in L.A. at the Regent. That's it, a beautiful theater. It's a beautiful, beautiful theater. Well, what else is new? Mrs. Magician going strong. You just played uh, last month for the Kevin Vega benefit and can't thank you enough for that. Obviously, the Say Anything shows. What, what else is coming up? We are recording a new record right now, and we're going to put that out on Swami. It'll be the third record that, we did for, that we're doing for Swami, and that's what we're focused on. We're not playing any shows right now, so we just want to finish that up, get it out so people can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. You have such a, a prolific career. I mean, your days with First Wave Hello, amazing, which also leads to you uh, being a, a member of failure at one point, right? <laughs> no. Or are you just open for him? I'm sorry. I know you're a fan. I, I'm I wish. <laughs> no, I, I I toured with the singer of Failure and his side, well, his solo act. Yes. Uh, but we would, our band, First Wave Hello, would open those shows, and then we would come back out dressed up like in the garb he wanted us to dress up in and we would play his solo songs. So what was that? Was that on? We would do on songs, his solo project just under his own name. And then we'd play failure songs. We'd run through his catalog of music for a couple tours. It was fun. We did a live record with him. It was good. You good get time. to work with uh, some big inspirations in your life, working with the uh, band, of course, with him and then Swami John Reese. I mean, you're, get, you're yeah. living large, Jacob Turnbloom. I'm living large. You feeling that way? I love you because you're always just kind of, you're e just Jacob e Turnbloom. Even you're keel. so chill. Yeah, oh. you are. You don't, uh, you don't rip on people. You're just a nice guy. I do at home. At home with your wife? We talk all the time. I could only imagine you and Swami in a room together. It's what you would imagine. I'm quiet and he's talking. <laughs> Good dude. You, you speak through your art. I try. Uh, no, yeah, I love John, man. I'm so excited. Like, I didn't think that it was, you know, you never think a relationship is going to last this long, you know, sure. and it has, and it's, it's exciting. I got to work with him on some of his stuff, yeah. sang on some of his solo records. Yeah, I never thought I'd be able to play with all the bands that he's been in. So it's, or, you know. Congratulations. Thank, I think oh, thank you're, you. You're man. an amazing part of our San Diego music community and scene. And So are you. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, you create art uh, on so a whole you. other level. What well, is this? You. This is art. This is. But you're an amazing <laughs> guy. I love. Uh, I love what you do. I love your music. I mean, it's from first kind. wave hello to Mrs. Magician are completely, really coming from two different areas in your brain. I mean, I put the first wave hello into one area and. Oh, like stylistically. Just stylistically. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, like that was like I'm just trying to play different things each band. I was in um, a goth band. For a while. Which one was that? <laughs> I played drums in a band called Blizzard Grave. Yeah. And I loved that. It was like lo-fi goth. But I don't think lo-fi because, just simply because we didn't have good recording right. equipment. And you've, you've worked with Dan Sartain, right? Rest we did, in we, peace. Yeah, we did, we did like a little two-man fake garage band together because he lives in Alabama. So we would just send songs back and forth and we put out like a seven-inch. So that was fun. 
Yeah, we got to hang out with him before his passing. Oh, yeah. That we was did, we right did, before his passing. We did like a string of shows with him with Night Marchers. John Reese is uh, yeah. one of his bands, and that was a lot of fun. Um, he was a great dude. You're a great dude, and you are a horror fan. That's why we wanted you here for this specifically. Absolutely. I mean, you don't know how excited Graham is. I think Graham man. is probably more of like you're like an encyclopedia. I would think of horror. You you seem like oh, you, you can horror, recall. I don't know. That's why I brought you on. I think you're you're you There's know you've no impressed way. me talking to you before. And when we discussed Halloween week bookings, I said to all the guys, I was like, it has to be Jacob Turnbull. Well, like I he's... just love Halloween in general, anything Halloween related. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So and this is great because we haven't actually done a horror film yet like this one we're doing today right now is holy mountain be, was a wasn't a horror well kind of yeah, visually, right? maybe, <laughs> but, it's terrifying looking yeah but. but as a strict straight up horror movie this is the first one we're doing yeah. so i'm pretty happy is it be, a horror film oh absolutely if george harrison's butthole would have been in well yeah that would have been a horror <laughs> film. Would have been horrifying but halloween three we picked Halloween three. Jacob picked Halloween yeah. three. Season of the, the Witch. The non Michael Myers Halloween. Now that's that's how we're rolling on this podcast. We're throwing curveballs. Sure, sure. Like we did not choose Nightmare on Elm Street. We didn't choose Halloween or Michael Myers. We went with Silver Shamrocks masks. <laughs> eight eight more days of Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Halloween. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rewatching that the other day, it was. Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, obviously, I think it it has a lot of backlash because it isn't follow right. The, the, storyline or being a trilogy in that world but as a weird science fiction horror film right i, I like it it's just yeah. weird the so what was it jacob when you were a kid what was it that drew you into this one i actually skipped it when i was a kid because yeah. i thought it looked super like the the artwork on the box i thought looked ridiculous right and i knew that michael myers wasn't in it so yeah. i i saw it when i was well into my 20s with my dad and he hates horror movies but for some reason we sat and watched that movie because i was like oh it's supposed to be like uh invasion of the body snatchers and he loves that and he he, he didn't like it he didn't like halloween 3 but i did so <laughs> i have it's sentimental because i think of my my dad not liking the movie it's funny to me but I don't. I just thought it was great because it's like a departure from this it's like, I iconic horror character like Michael Myers, and it just pissed everybody off. So, just th that's pretty funny. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> what stories we would have gotten because that was what they wanted to do. Was right. It, they didn't want the Halloween story to be the same. It they was didn't want it to be new Michael Myers every Halloween, basically. Right. Carpenter had killed off Doctor Loomis and Michael Myers at the end of Halloween Two in the hospital. So for him, it was like him and Deborah Hill were together, and they're like, "Hey, let's just." Uh, you know, producing this stuff. And they're like, let's do this one. We're going to do this one with the masks. And then the next time we'll do one with a witch or whatever. They wanted, sure. to, they wanted to change it up every time. And uh, I think they underestimated how popular Michael Myers was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, to the point that I think the fourth one, when that comes back, they act like the end of the second one never happened because Loomis and, and Myers are still there. Like He's just all scarred up. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I think that pissed a lot of people off. I, I mean, I don't think they thought that when they were doing it, but they certainly found out, you know, as soon as it was released, that yeah. this was not... People didn't like him using the name, and I get that. Right. Like, I, I get it. But we weren't established yet with that kind of horror thing where you had that name, like, and it had to be that character. Sure. Like, that or wasn't... like a third trilogy, like that was like... A... I guess Star Wars, but what else was going on where they actually three had come out by then. Yeah, so it was like still relatively like a new thing to yeah. start doing like all right, sequel, 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 sequel. Yeah, you know? so they were just like, Well, we can abandon the rest and go with our new ideal and the public was like, Well, not really. <laughs> like we'll give you enough money. They you know, for all the all the this is a movie is a bomb thing, uh, it made like three times what it cost to make. Like I think yeah. it cost four and a half million to make and it made like twelve to fourteen or something like that. So yeah, that's not Michael Myers numbers, but it didn't lose money. Right. It just like, made three ninety nine off me the other day. There you go. It's still making money off people. Maybe <laughs> I the people find have, it on free TV. Yeah, maybe. Well, it's on Peacock right now. Yeah. So any of you who have Peacock, you can go watch it there. But I, I just saw the third, the new Halloween. Halloween ends. Did yeah. you see that? Where they like kind of try to go in Halloween three season of the witch. How do they do that? They they try to go in that direction with. I think it's just paying homage or homage, whatever. So, the previous uh yeah the two like in the beginning of the film they have the same font as halloween 3 season of the witch and they try to kind of i don't want to spoil it but they try to abandon like the you know 
the original storyline oh, a little with bit. With the Corey character? Yeah. Jesus Christ, that movie was oh, terrible. It's, it's also like Halloween. So it's, bad. Uh, it's like, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Friday the 13th, um, where they have a copycat killer. It's the same type of... Yeah, on the fourth or fifth like, one. It's nobody, the fifth one. They have a yeah, fake no, Jason. I, yeah. I, I, nobody liked... I didn't like that movie. No, it was terrible. Yeah. Had Dudley from Different Strokes in it. It was weird. <laughs> oh, did it? It totally did. <laughs> wow. uh, yeah, the, they just... It didn't, you know, it, it, they tried to change it and it, it didn't work. I mean, but for some of us, it did. Like some of us, like you, it totally worked. Like, um, yeah, I, did. I saw it in theaters as a kid and yeah. I was 82, right? right? I was in, you know, 10th grade, ninth, 10th grade, I think. I remember seeing it and, and enjoying it. I mean, it's weird, unusual. The, obviously, anything with Carpenter's soundtrack is just oh. amazing. When those robot dudes come out of nowhere, you know, the, this, the, right, everything. Yeah. The jarring kind of vibe it has. Did you notice that the uh, the first like what are they robots? It's the robot. humanoids. Yeah, I think humanoids. is what they're referred to. The first one that comes into the hospital or uh, one of the early ones, he looks exactly like Conan O'Brien. Like the one, the one, the one that kills himself in the car, lights right. himself on fire. If you watch it, it looks like Conan O'Brien killing himself in a car. Right. It's, I mean, that's not funny, but it is. <laughs> He'd probably think it was funny. Yeah. He's Irish. Yeah, and they wanted that. Like yeah. uh, Tommy Lee Wallace, the uh, director and the writer. Well, he did the last draft of the writing anyway. He wanted all redheaded uh, humanoid henchmen because gingers uh, being the Irish thing. I mean, outside of Leprechaun, this is the most Irish horror movie I can think of. And I didn't realize that when I was a kid. But going back and watching it on this rewatch, it was like, holy shit! There's just Irish mythology all through this. Like. And the main bad guy, Conal Cochran, is is a bad guy, and sure. every, everybody in town is pretty much a bad guy or a Irish. I'd forgotten they steal a part of Stonehenge for yeah. this <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning, and I don't remember that part. Or you know, yeah. So that's part of like the magical power, right? That like right. Har- they harvest this evil from a Stonehenge from a stone from Stonehenge. Yeah. yeah. So that's the whole witchcraft meets computer thing. Yeah. That we're all trying to figure out like. And that feeds into the like, you know, I, I'm not surprised by them being able to emanate something that causes these kids to wear these masks and freak out. What it, what I'm trying to figure out was the more witchcraft aspect of it is the snakes and the bugs crawling out of their mouths when they die. Yeah. Cause that's not natural. That's no. a, that's a spell. Yeah. Something. Yeah. So there's that aspect of it. That's kind of weird. I mean, there's other stuff in it that, you know, you, you like you mentioned the Stonehenge. Like, how the hell did they steal that yeah. thing? It wasn't easy. And they yeah. ship it halfway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It Conor Cochran says yeah. that it wasn't easy. And then they ship it halfway around the world. Like, that was not easy. He's like, got a lot of money. He does He's... have a lot of money. Um, one of the issues I also had with the, uh, and you'll hear it creep up a, a number of times, was the plot here was that on 9 p.m. on a Halloween night, you know, the Silver Shamrock jingle will play and all across the country and all of these kids will start dying and their heads will turn into snakes and yada yada and they'll come out and maybe bite their parents sure although it's a little different because in that test case we saw those parents were locked in the room with that kid in real life if your kid fell in front of the tv and started emanating snakes and spiders and whatever you'd just run out the door like you wouldn't have you it's your kid well if he's got snakes and (laughs) shit coming out of his mouth those were ball pythons as far as i could tell yeah i'm a rattlesnake there was one that got yeah it's a straight up rattlesnake if i see a rattlesnake crawling out of my dead kid's mouth i'm hitting the sidewalk for real (laughs) like at 100 miles an hour i'm not sticking around i wish they could have like turned into zombies or something yeah the whole snake and bug thing i i didn't like that imagine this this is what i was thinking while i was watching that last night imagine if instead of the kids getting killed at the end the the sensor made kids go homicidal and they immediately go after kitchen knives and knitting needles and anything laying next to them and go after their parents and yeah, and anyone be, not better, wearing a mask. That's a better idea. That would have been incredible. Sure. I mean, like Halloween, oh. the purge. You could even like <laughs> circle that back into like why Michael Myers is evil and kind of like one of those kids turns into like a, you know. Right. You know, there's no real explanation. I do love that the TV show, the, the program that they're all watching it's to Halloween. lead into it's Halloween. is Halloween. Of course. <laughs> and Jamie Lee Curtis is the uh, the voice on like the loudspeakers in town telling everybody that the curfew's coming. Oh, and okay. Yeah. And she's also the operator. She's the operator. When he tries to call out of town and, and uh, I'm sorry, this number doesn't work. Yeah. That's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Oh. And then Nancy Loomis is in it too uh-huh. uh, from the original Halloween. She's uh, his ex-wife. Um, she is Linda T- Tom Atkins. Yeah. What's Tom Atkins' character's name? It's 
Oh, it's Dr. Daniel Chalice. Dr. Daniel Chalice, that's yeah. right. His his ex-wife is is Linda. Nancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you this is this is where you tie into Season of the Witch as Miss Magician. You got Tom Atkins, the lead in this movie, to be in a music video of yours. I did. Well, I didn't really. I <laughs> I we made a music video and the guy who was making it he was like, you know, I think I could get Tom Atkins to be in this movie because a friend of mine is friends with him and he's a really cool guy. And they got him to kind of play a news reporter in this music video I did. And he did it for free. Did it Like I have like the, the outtakes. It's pretty funny. But um, super sweet guy. I can't believe that we actually got him in the video. But um, yeah. Did you he, talk to him about the movie? Or? No, no, no. Like we had him say a bunch of stuff from this movie, Night of the Creeps. So he was like throwing out thr <laughs> thrill me and stuff a lot. But we cut it down to where he's he doesn't have any of that stuff in it. But wish I we would have. I was rewatching it last night, and that was the first thing I thought of was the words and his and his tones and everything. It was very Night of the Creeps. Yeah, he doesn't have much range. He no. does, but I mean, he's like an know, everyman. He is an everyman. He is. And he's been in a ton of great stuff. I mean, I think that's why you wanted him in your video so much. I mean, when you when you look at his resume, it's like horror royalty. I mean, the Fog and Creep Show, and we you, named you know. like a label that we that Corey Steer, who um, runs Soda Bar, he I had a, la a little fake label for our Mrs. Magician Records, and it was called Thrill Me, and I <laughs> oh, named yeah. it after that Night of the Creeps, and then. Um, so it was even more special. I'm like, wow, like I can't believe it kind of came full circle. Like we started that in 2010 and then 2016, we got him to be in the video. Pretty wild, wild stuff. Yeah, um, I also really enjoy the fact that he was <clears throat> a doctor, but he was like drunk through the, the entire yes. movie. <laughs> He's drinking throughout the entire mm -hmm. movie. Well, that's pretty cool too, because that also uh, with his <laughs> wife, like in that instance, she doesn't believe the things he's saying right. because she knows he's drinking so, so much. So he can't get the kids. Exactly. And when he tries to tell masks. her to not wear the masks at the end, she's like, fuck off, you're drinking. Yeah. He's like, yes, I know, but. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it did, that didn't help him in the end. Yeah. Um, I like as the tension is mounting when they're in the town and everything's getting creepier that she, you know, she wants to go investigate the factory and he's like, I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and he finally, That's what's on his mind. I love that there's just a ram random homeless guy that comes in, warns him about how shitty the town is in the factory, and then they share a drink together in like an alleyway. Like just pugging a bottle of whatever he bought, but yeah, he's like, "Can I have a drink?" He's like, "Sure, I ain't yeah. got nothing." Yeah, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I would never share my drink with a hobo. Uh, it was the '80s, though. I guess you it's still a small could. town. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was kind of found it kind of weird that that guy had such a negative opinion of the factory and Connell Cochran, and yet he lived that long. I'm like, they waited till then to kill him. I figured they would have killed him a long yeah, time ago. Yeah, rubbed him out. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean the curfew thing. But yeah. the, the people in the town were real people. They weren't humanoids too. I think that they were real people that were like, I don't know, they liked the fact that they're maybe they're being taken care of. Like the, you right, know, right. they seem like they kind of uh, yeah. town. liked Co Cochran. They so were maybe submissive. He was taking care of. They them. liked the what he brought to town as far as the positives, and they just lived with the was rest. It a cult. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was talking about the what was happening. They've been waiting for right. What, right. The, I mean, the stone. It was very. Well, he's just alone in that place, right? He's just surrounded by robots. So he's yeah. He's just a bit Willy Wonka. Yeah. yeah I mean. Like, He's, he is Willy Wonka. <laughs> Irish Willy Wonka trying to kill the children of the United States. <laughs> Pull the biggest trick on humanity, right? That's, what did he on say? Children. Yeah, on children. I mean, to that's bring the back, coolest of all. To bring back that, uh, what was it? Like, uh, it's Sam Hain. So, yeah, it ties into the original Halloween. Yeah. So, let's just get into the whole mechanics of this thing. It's Connell Cochran owns Silver Shamrock Factories, and they ship out masks all over the world. They're the number one seller. Uh, they, the factory appears to mostly be run by humanoids, although these, where does he make these things? Like we never get that explanation. Sure. Sure. Um, so I don't know what part of the factory those guys are made in. Um, and also when there's, they're painting the masks and all that stuff, those people seem kind of human. They do. Yeah. They do. They didn't act like the humanoids did. So I think there's some real town folk working in there in the factory. That would explain why they, they like him. Yeah. Just giving people jobs, except yeah, for that, yeah. except for that one guy. Safe yeah. and employed. Yep. Yeah. And so these masks, so Connell Cochran has stolen a piece of Stonehenge somehow, <laughs> this four ton, you know, thing, and they break pieces off of it and put into these microchips 
which go into the back of these masks. And then at a designated time, they'll play this theme song and the kids will, in this case, die and their heads will turn into insects and snakes. Um, that's kind of the whole evil plot of the whole thing. Um, he's a toy maker, a prank though. He, he's referred to as a toy maker, toy maker, but he's also a prankster. Yeah. He invented the soft chainsaw, yes. you know, whatever the fuck that is. Like, so he's seen as this prankster. What was it? Sticky toilet paper or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. The guy yeah. that comes in that like sold the most masks in what is in the United States? San Diego. Yeah. Oh, he's from San, San Diego. Diego. Hey. Yeah. He's like my number one seller in the country is from San Diego and it's like the cup furs or something. Yeah, the cup furs. Yeah, that guy doesn't seem like he's from, well, that, it's old, I don't know, but he didn't seem like he's from San Diego to me. He, <laughs> he rolls like up a, there in the Winnebago when the yeah. bike flies off the front and almost kills. It's like a Michigan fucking, guy. Yeah, Tom Atkins <laughs> almost gets hit with a flying BMX. True. Um, and, and think about this, that dude's from San Diego and he's the number one mask seller in the country. We're number one in San Diego. Well, here's the deal. <laughs> so that whole scene where him and his wife and kid get thrown in the test room and get killed together, you know, fuck him. He killed half of San Diego. Like, are you kidding me? He's the number one seller in the country, and he's from San Diego, so he may have killed one of us in the 80s. I mean, that could have quite true, possibly true. happened. So when he gets it with his kid and wife in the end, I'm kind of like, yeah, fuck off, dude. Yeah. Like, you earned that shit. Like, you unwittingly killed half of San Diego. Like, It's true. So I have no sympathy for you, Cupfer. Armageddon. <laughs> um, the Knitting Robot. Oh, uh, I, lo I love that part. How wild is that? That's a scary scene. That's it like is. one of the scariest scenes in the movie, I think. Just the shot looks yeah. great. Yeah. And it's just, and then when they, the, the, you can see the insides of it, and it's just like, whoa, what the hell is this? It's pretty crappy. Yeah, but I think it's kind of what ties into the humanoids. Like, because he said it's from 1785 from Munich. It's German made. Oh, that's like, right. Yeah. And so that was like a 200 year old kind yeah. of robot the thing. Kind so of, perhaps yeah. he acquired these. Technology, this early technology and spun it from there into his humanoids. Yeah, I mean, which is weird, too, because the humanoids that go out and kidnap the people and pick everybody up, they have strength, but they're also you can punch through them pretty easily. Yeah. Cause Tom Atkins puts his fist through the right dude's through stomach. Chest. Yeah. yeah. Applesauce comes out their mouth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whatever it is. I like that they chose like an applesauce looking thing. Sure. It's better than blood. <laughs> it, you know. But how do of, they know to get the Stonehenge rock? I mean, what is what what are they getting off of the rock? I mean, none of that is explained. well. They're breaking little pieces off yeah. of it and putting it into the mask the dust they, of it. Yeah, you can see that guy doing it. Um, it, this is all ties into Conal Cochran and his Irish mythology thing. Where, yeah, you know, he's talking about Samhain or whatever. That's how you know everybody pronounces it Samhain, and I think he says Samhain. Or I guess that's the con correct pronunciation, but. He's talking about all this Irish folklore and the, how the fields would run blood, you know, run blood red, blood red with children and animals. And those were the sacrifices. And that's basically what he's doing with these masks. Yeah. It's a, a mass sacrifice, sacrifice yeah. to Samhain and his gods and whatever. Um, so that really when you look at it like that, I mean, it ties you, into the, the second movie. Yeah. And right. it, well, it is. It's more it. it it's gnarlier than you think. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you're just watching on the surface, you're like, ah, masks and a jingle. But when you really start going to that part of it and it's a sacrifice and all that, you're like, whoa, this thing is yeah. way darker than you think on the surface. I think that I remember watching the documentary, the 25 Years of Horror, the Halloween uh, documentary that came out. They were saying that it did. They were saying that they think that the movie failed because the message was so dark. And that's probably part of it, but I mean, there's also <laughs> this coming for the people who are putting knives into people like yeah, seven, eight times yeah. a movie. Your movie's too dark. It's just like that they're doing it, I think, to adults in those movies as opposed to like right. actually killing little kids. Right. So that, that's a little gnarlier. Uh, I don't know. I think that it's kind of disappointing that people don't want to see like some really creative horror story. They just want a guy. I love Michael Myers, but it's just, it is a little disappointing that they're like, fuck this movie. I want the guy in the mask doing the exact same thing for every single over movie. Over and over and over. Which I do enjoy, but I don't know. That's probably why I loved part three because it seemed kind of like a, you know, trying to get fans to open their minds a little bit to other stories. Right. You know? But it failed. So. Well, they were also passing it off. You know, Carpenter was moving on. Didn't he want was, to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah, he was doing other things like The Thing and Christine and he had... He did do the music, though. I mean, him and him and a Alan Howarth. Alan Howarth, yeah, yeah. They did a killer soundtrack. I mean, and especially kids today who love the keyboards so much. 
Man, when you go back to the 80s and listen to these soundtracks, especially yeah. Carpenter, they're fucking killer. It's, it's yeah. own world, man. Yeah. What he creates with that they is They add unreal. so much tension and creepiness to it with that one instrument, the keyboard. Like, Mondo did like a rad pressing of that record, the third, the third uh, soundtrack, where it's like you get all these silver shamrock cards, and, and it's so cool. If you guys ever want to check out like the expanded version of that record, there's a lot of cool little Easter eggs in there. It's pretty rad. And Howarth was kind of Carpenter's guy. He worked with him on a bunch of his stuff throughout yeah. the 80s. And- I saw Alan Howarth in L.A. play at the Egyptian Theater, and he played all these movies behind him, and he had this huge like ARP synthesizer up there and just played through the soundtracks. It was oh, pretty amazing. Nice. That's awesome. Soundtrack porn right there. I just <laughs> Oh, I love that shit. I was like going to see Danny Elfman offer yes. some of that. That, that was oh, definitely interesting. Oh, my God, I love that. Let's talk about Santa Mira real quick. Yeah. We were talking about that before. Did I, you know that, I had no idea until last night that Santa Mira... It's not real. Well, I knew that it came from Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. I had no idea that that town kept going in all these different science fiction movies right. after that. Yeah, E.T.? Yeah, dude, it's... I don't even... That's just the I two I saw. stuff like that. Yeah, no, there's like a huge list of science fiction movies that use that name. Um, What's the town in The Lost Boys? It's not Santa Cruz. It's something Oh, else. no. That's, it is uh, Santa Cruz. Santa- Santa Clarita, or something, no. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I love that. There's so many cool little, you know, interconnected elements for movies other, that aren't tied together. Yeah, nods to other movies that the Tommy Lee Wallace liked. It was like a ripoff, not a ripoff, but inspired by the Quatermass series. Well, it was written by that guy, yeah. Nig- Nigel Keen or something like that. Uh, wrote all those Quatermass things, and he was a popular British sci-fi horror guy. And they brought him in, and he wrote the original script for Halloween 3. Hmm. And then um, they kind of... Joe Dante was attached to it. Gremlins was supposed to direct this movie originally. and Might have been better. Maybe. Well, and he left to go do the Twilight Zone movie to do his portion of that movie. You know, they had those little segments. Yep. Yeah. He ditched Halloween 3 to go do that, and that movie's not very good either. So. I like the opening scene, but... Yeah, yeah the opening scene's pretty good. Dan Aykroyd. But uh, he left to go do that, and then uh, Carpenter kind of did a rewrite on the script a little bit and turned it in and thought that's what they were going to work off. And then Tommy Lee Wallace actually did a rewrite on the end of it and took all the name credit on the, you know, for writing. And he did direct it. He'd been involved with the other two films. I think he was even to the point that he even wore the mask. Yeah, and they named it, didn't they name a character? Like, I mean, isn't Tommy Wallace like a character in Halloween? I think so, yeah. And then he's My also married foggy. to Nancy Ke- Nancy Loomis, yeah. Nancy Keys. Like, he's uh, married to her, and, and during the movie, Halloween 3, She's playing Tom Atkins' wife, and she is pregnant with Tommy Lee Wallace's kid. She was my number one crush in Halloween. Annie. Yeah, Annie. Oof. She's a terrible babysitter. Terrible babysitter. <laughs> you know you could get some from her, though. She's kind of a... <laughs> well, her and uh, PJ in that movie. I was going to say, Lord. PJ Souls definitely... PJ's awesome. Love her. She's great. Um, did you ever own any of these Silver Shamrock masks? No, no. Yeah. But they, they sell rad versions of them now, because... Mm-hmm. So I would, but I have So never. Don posted the original ones back in the day, and they actually had an original run when this movie came out because they thought it was going to be a huge hit. Oh, wow. I wonder what those masks go for, right, those right. original ones, because uh, they couldn't have sold a lot because the movie wasn't that much of a hit. Um, yeah, you were, I think, what you're looking at is the 2014 reissue. They re- In 2014, they reissued all the masks, Yeah, mm-hmm. and they had a new company. They're and great-looking masks, Yeah, I heard they look too. really cool. And they actually have those masks in, like, the new Blumhouse Halloween. The I think it's the the, the first one. So they that came out in 2019. You right. see, like, the little trick-or-treaters ro- walking around with the pumpkin oh, and the ghost. Exactly. And, and then the in the second one, uh, when they kill, when Michael kills those kids and puts them on the merry-go-round, he puts those silver shamrock masks on them. Yeah. 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 So you see those dead kids wearing the masks. Yeah. yeah. So it's fun. It, that is fun how they do those little nods to the other ones within, sure. you know, because you see several nods within Halloween 3 to Michael Myers, even though it's not a Michael Myers flick. Yeah, they were trying to satisfy fans, but they just, yeah, you know, they didn't realize that, the, you know, the backlash. I can I mean, imagine like what it would be like if they made a Nightmare on Elm Street. They're like, we're just going to take Freddy Krueger out of this. <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to make it kids who put on Freddy masks turn into the killer. Like, that's kind of the yeah, equivalent. Yeah, so like, I understand it for sure. I wasn't around when that came out in theaters, but I, I understand why people would ha- have a problem with it. But it's it's good. It's funny. It's 
it's bad and it's good. My bread and butter. So here's the thing I had regarding Ellie, who is the young woman whose father is killed at the beginning. And she comes in in the hospital. He has his skull ripped apart. I mean, that is... Dude, the way they do it, too, oh. he just reaches in his eyes and pulls his skull apart. Yeah, that They have part, to be strong. They yeah. have to be some strong-ass robots. And then you hear that crunch when he pulls oh. his... Oh, it's so messed up. It's cool. Um, but Ellie meets up with our guy, uh, Dr. Daniel, and they go to Santa Mira to the factory because they're trying to find out her missing father. So I'm curious as to what happened with... Her. I mean... She's so there's a point in the movie towards the end where they go visit the factory. They do a tour. And as they're leaving, she sees her father's car in the garage. She tries to walk over to it. And all these humanoids run over and stop her. These guys that look like the guys from the Matrix in their suits and everything. And they stop her. And then they immediately go to the hotel. And at that point, they know what's up. They know something messed up is going on. Why are they? I couldn't figure this one out. Why are they not immediately leaving town? Like. They go in there. They say they're going to leave town, and she starts packing her one bag that they brought. Yeah. Because, no, come on. And he's like, well, I got to place a phone call. There's your mistake right there. Get the F out of town. Yeah, he calls his doctor friend to play, like, criminal investigator. He's like, you got to find out everything you can about, like, she's just a doctor. She's not a police officer. She can't do anything. She's not, yeah. And while they're talking, Ellie is kidnapped by the humanoids. And I'm like... Dude, why did you just not immediately leave town? Get the hell out of Dodge. You could have picked up a phone anywhere on the highway and made that call. Why did you have to leave her alone at the moment that you knew the jig was up? That That's the part that I just couldn't rationalize. I think he needed like a drink. And I think, <laughs> I think he took a second to do a little shot. We didn't see it on we camera. Didn't, they didn't show that, but it's subtext. Yeah, right there after he hung up the phone, he took a couple of shots of whiskey and For then he sure. went back and noticed her gone. And then they kidnap him and bring him in. What do you think his brand of whiskey would be? Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like it's got to be cheap. <laughs> what is the cheapest whiskey? Cheap but hard, though. Just Beam, right? No? Jim Beam, maybe. He's I, kind of a tough guy. He's a tough kind guy. of a no-nonsense dude. Yeah. So they take him They take him and they tie him up. And they're tell, you know, they do the whole James Bond thing. And they explain their whole, yeah. this is what we're doing. And they tie him up in that room. How rad does that shot look, though, when he's tied up with the skull mask on? It's it looks cool. so sick. Yeah, and Connell Cochran puts the mask on him and puts a TV in front of him. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he James Bonds him that way. Instead of a spinning saw or a right. laser or something, he's just going to let him sit there until that show jingle kicks on, and then he's going to turn into a, you know, a head full of spiders and snakes. So he gets that mask off. He gets a knife out of his pocket and kind of works his way out of it. And he tosses he kicks it the up. TV in he kicks the TV in the first, glass, which was smart. But the glass from the TV is what yeah. he uses to cut. Yeah, he kicks the TV in, which was very smart. Because that immediately stops him from turning into an insect head. But then he, <laughs> he gets his mask off and he flips it up onto the camera. <clears throat> they said that took 40 attempts for that to happen. To happen, wow. Yeah. I also love that it took forever for the uh, humanoids to let Cochran know. He's like, hey. He's like, hold on, I'm on the phone. And he lets him like keep talking on the phone. He's like, that guy just escaped. Yeah, the mask is on the TV. He's not in there. But they, they like lets him finish his phone call before he tells him. He wants to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's down. So Atkins gets out, um, Dr. Daniel. He comes out. He does his thing. He sabotages, yada, yada, yada. Um, but he goes back in to look for Ellie. And he finds Ellie tied up in a room. And they leave together. They, the place blows up, yada, yada, all the stuff. And then they get on the road and they think they're driving to safety. And all of a sudden he looks over to Ellie and she really hasn't said a word the whole time. No. Nope. And then she looks over at him and starts strangling him and the car flies off the road and she's a humanoid. Yep. So obviously they do have the technology in the factory to make a humanoid. Absolutely. Like in no time at all. But she's about the thing there that we also forget is she's been killed. Yeah. Maybe. I love that she has three instances of attacking him because it's... That the, the hand alone, the, the headless body, and then the, the, the whole person at once in the beginning. Like, there's three times. She's not dead yet. Do you think that those humanoids, like, they were all people that he had to kill to, like, turn into humanoids? Like, so... They were... So there was an original model, mold, that they would turn... That they would... There was a human that that, that humanoid was originally based sure. on. Because he even says, I see one standing over there. It looks yeah. like the guy that, that it burned up in the car yep. that killed your dad. 
So there's those little tip-offs that there were original people that these humanoids are based on. And now Ellie is one of those. She now is a humanoid thing. But the thing is, the factory burns up. You know, they right. set the factory on fire and run out. So, yes, he escapes. So, so Ellie's dead. Yeah. Either they <laughs> killed her or, or she he burned, just up, burned her. Or he just burned know. her in the factory. But yeah. either way, she's gone. Well, also, like, wouldn't the, her humanoid stop working like all the other humanoids that stopped working in the factory after, like, all the TVs That's a good exploded? point. That's a very good point. There's also, this she's is the most. sleeker, newer model that doesn't do that. <laughs> well, this is also the most common argument about this film is the time zones thing. Because even in 1982, at 9 o'clock on the East Coast, when all these kids' heads started turning into insects and snakes, they would have called Phoenix in L.A. in three-hour lead, you know, and said, sure, hey, sure. don't watch the jingle at 9. Your kids are going to turn into... Right, know, right. They would yeah. save the world. Their heads are going to It wouldn't make it all the way across. Unless yeah. they were promoting it at 6 p.m. or whatever. You had to times. do it at the same time yeah. in every... Time zone. And if it's 9 p.m. on the West Coast, it'd be too late on the East Coast. Yeah, kids, kids don't even bed. It didn't, bed, it didn't seem like the company ran like a Swiss watch. Like when they were like, <laughs> have all these people come to the factory, be like, yeah, they're they suck with orders. Like I'm here to pick up my mask, and it didn't seem like you know the greatest company. Well, ever since they got big, they forgot about the little guy. They really that was, did. That was the compliment. They the shark or the insult. Yeah. <laughs> That lady's face gets so filleted by that Yeah, that laser. part is nasty, dude. <laughs> but it's funny looking. Yeah, there's the one shop owner who comes to get her order because she's easier to drive back home with it. And she's staying at the hotel with Dr. Daniel and yeah. them. And then she finds a chip that has fallen off of her mask and she decides to stick a hairpin in it stupidly. And she gets roasted. Yeah, Roasted. Blows oh, her face apart. Her that face amazing gets laser technology that came blown out Blown apart. It. Her lips are like in five pieces. I like, love when... Doctor, or not Doctor Daniel Shouse, but I love when Cochran comes by and asks the humanoids, "What happened?" He tries to be quiet, and they're just like, hey, "Misfired." I like that scene when he, the Doctor Tom Atkins, throws all the chips over. Yes. And oh they start yeah. Popping and going off and yeah. Well, that's how he. That's how he beats the bad yeah. guy. He throws the chips into the uh, computer circle with all Which the... Which seems like just like a drunken, hastily... Like, he's <laughs> just going to throw this. Hopefully that works. Yeah, I, yeah. now that you said that, he's so drunk all the time. He may have just chucked a box. Yeah. There may have been no plan there. Sure. He didn't know what was in no, that. He didn't know confused. what worked. It's kind of like... Um, well, like the big Lebowski or like a Chandler. There's like an idiot walking through and just solving crimes and... <laughs> stumbling through everything but like you know coming out the victor well, actually i don't know did he come out the victor at the end of that movie we don't know let's talk about the ending so it, it is open to interpretation there um what you think might have happened so at the end of the film uh he's ditched the humanoid alley and he's ran to the gas station he's making a call to the news or to this the three networks He's calling the three networks. Yeah. Now, this is this is also pretty unreal. Some random loony calls your network from a gas station and says, please don't play that commercial at 9 o'clock because it's going to kill all these kids. You're playing the damn commercial. Yeah, I mean, exactly. who the hell is this guy to make you stop playing your yeah. ads? So that part, and he gets two of the three networks to, to pull the ad, which is kind of like, come on. And he's only on one phone call. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't, like, call, call anybody else. You see him hang up three times. <laughs> just or, one yeah. guy, like, with a switchboard. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to keep it on this one. Yeah. He even they says... They a lot of money. He even says, it's still on the third one. Can you shut that off? Like... Yeah, we'll shut it. <laughs> and, okay, well, here I'm... He's asking them to shut it off nationally, the feed. And I'm like, hey, bro, why don't you shut off the TV in front of you? Like, right. these three little kids in front of you, their heads are turning into insects, and you're standing there screaming. How about <laughs> saving their lives? and turning that TV off like it's true it's true so he's drunk do, so in the he's end drunk. <laughs> he's drunk once again drunk so do you think that it worked do you think that Connell Cochran's plan worked I think it worked I mean on some level but obviously not on not on the east coast yeah well, whatever <laughs> I don't know not on the west coast I guess we want that next movie we want uh, Halloween I, I don't wanted, know how that works then I wanted what was gonna follow right there yeah. I wanted when the mayhem hit aftermath show me a half hour 20 minutes of that cause that was gnarly I mean you would have had kids all over the country falling out and siblings and parents being killed and it would have been wild that would have been an insane horror movie I know 
What would have followed would have been a better movie than would have been an incredible final 20 minutes or something if they would have chose to do it. That would have actually made it maybe a reputation as just this incredibly sinister, dark children killing Mm -hmm. movie. Like, but the, the, which it is. I mean, in reality, we just didn't see it. That, that ending was, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace's, um, homage to the ending of the invasion of the body snatchers where, um, right. Kevin McCarthy was like, screaming at the camera at the end of the movie he just basically like took that ending and made it into halloween 3 yeah pretty cool you gotta be a nerd to like that shit (laughs) it's a wild ride i just love that i mean out of any halloween film it feels like a science fiction film it just doesn't much as a horror film it doesn't get it to do i think it's great and it's just kind of like the fact that it was named Halloween—that's why it failed. If it had—if it had just come out under *Season of the Witch*, I think it would have been successful, more successful. I mean, there's yeah. some there's some terrible horror movies that did pretty good in the '80s. That you know, it was just the name. I think. Yeah, that's my opinion. I don't know. And Dan O'Hurley, he is as uh, Connell Cochran. Oh, he yeah. was like a longtime actor, and uh, he had been like nominated in the '50s for like the Adventures of Robinson Crusoe, like for an Academy Award. He's and, a like, handsome guy. Yeah, he's a really good actor. I think a lot of us know him from RoboCop. Yep. He's the old man in RoboCop of OCP. Yep. But uh, he's really good in this. And uh, when they ask him, uh, you know, about the movie after he'd done it and stuff, he would just be like, it's a movie I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, he, did, yeah. he really didn't have a lot of love for it. Like That's weird. Donald Pleasance had so much love for Halloween that he just kept coming back. Yep. And I would think arguably... I, 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 you know, more of a thespian than the guy from Halloween three. I love Donald Pleasance. I know a lot of people think he's a bit of an over actor, but I'm yeah. like, I think he's terrific. Same. Especially as Agreed. Loomis. I mean, yeah, oh, so good. Role of a lifetime for him. It's true. There's a great, did you ever see the SNL where he hosts it and it's fears playing on SNL <laughs> and, and fears oh, playing this, this, uh, performance of, uh, can't remember the song. It might be uh, Free Beer. No, it's the New York one. Uh, New York's all right if you like saxophones, but they play like this crazy chaotic show. But uh, Donald Pleasance is the one who introduces the band, and he's like, "Fia!" <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good. It's a it's a Halloween show, and then you see Ian McKay jump over and uh, mosh in the pit on SNL. <laughs> was wild. that Belushi that did that? that it was on there? Belushi yeah. got him on there. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Not, I don't think he got any bands on after that, did he? No, they were they were ba- they were banned. Yeah. yeah, like right after that. Where can you get your silver shamrock mask this year? Five more days till Halloween. Hopefully. I always feel like Gypsy's Treasures and uh, La Mesa was kind of kind of had that scary like feeling yeah, to yeah. it, like same as a uh, silver shamrock, but now it's in Grossmont Mall. Is that is there? Is there a spirit there? Oh, it's, the, still, the, it's still pretty scary. No, it's not Spirit Halloween. It's Gypsy's Treasures. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah. They were by the farmer's table. It's kind of scary. You ever go in there? No, no outside I've seen it. You but yeah, just in. all the weird creepy. costumes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Do you like to hang out there? All the time. All the time. What else you been doing? Where else you been hanging out? Anything hang... exciting? We've talked about some of your endeavors. I can't wait for a new album from Mrs. Magician. Me too. It's going to be fun. Uh, nothing much, really, for me. Just work, home. Work home. I just got married. Yeah, how long have you been married now? Uh, it's been a few months. Congratulations. Mm. Oh, thank you. That is super cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You guys going to play any more shows with the Aquabats? Um, no, that was just like a... We were supposed to do like a the whole tour. We ended up just doing the ending, like the last three shows. But um, I don't know. I want to do something with them in the future. Like I had the opportunity to write some songs for them, but it just kind of... Uh, I was asked to write some songs. Oh, cool! And I just didn't because I, I don't know. Maybe I, I just couldn't think of anything. But I, re- <laughs> I, I, I really would love to write music for that band and try to like get a sneak in a song there, um, and play more shows with that. They're they're awesome, super nice guys. Are you planning on touring behind this upcoming album? And like what? When you think of a tour, what does uh, yeah, that entail? Yeah, I think, like, our band is not really ever going to be able to do, like, super long tours, you know? Yeah. We're kind of like, if we do, uh, we're just going to do, like, like West Coast runs. Because I want Tommy to be there. And Tommy's always like, if you guys tour, just go without me. And that's not going to happen. Right. You know? he was, you he was loyalty to your boys. Oh, of course. He would He would even, you know, when I did, I put out two solo records. He's like, you should just call those Mrs. Magician. I'm like, it's not 
the same thing, you know? I'm not going to do that to you. I want you <laughs> to be here. You're part of the whole yeah. the vibe, dog. He's a Tommy's, good dude. Tommy's awesome. Shout yeah, out to Tommy. He, like, doesn't give himself enough credit. Remember the Stranger Six? Don't ask him about that band. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was in As I Lay Dying, even, an early incarnation. He's He's been around town. I like to talk about his good bands. <laughs> Northern Towns. He doesn't want to talk about those bands. Northern, Northern Towns. towns yeah. I love Northern Towns. But also just uh, Lowlands was sick. Um, he was in a really cool band with um, Jeremy and Andrew from Beaters. Um, the name escapes me right now, but it was really cool. It sounded kind of like, like a Hot Snakes kind of charged up punk music. I don't know. He's a talented guy. Versatile. You got, you got Corey in your band too that uh, runs Soda Bar and owns it. That's One true. of the owners. One of the owners. I love Corey. Corey's the shit. His his other bands are rad too. You know? Weatherbox or some of that. He was in or? he's in Colts for a long time. Yeah. Um, he still does stuff with Colts, doesn't he? Yeah, occasionally. I think yeah. that they have like I mean they're they're on the East Coast, so like they'll I don't know when the last time he played with them, but yeah, he's he's done a few records and a, a lot of uh, big tours, big shows. Those are his dudes. But I'm his number one dude. Yeah. <laughs> does Farmer still play with you guys? No. No, we kind of just whittled it down to a yeah. four-piece. We had a keyboard. I, I wish Farmer would play with us, but um, I think Farmer, like everybody, is just kind of focused on work and trying to yeah. survive. He's got a career now. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. Yeah. A legit Shout career. Shout out to Michael Farmer. Awesome. Oh, guy. I love Farmer. He's love great. Him. Yeah, super talented. What's he doing? He's uh, doing water he's department got, stuff. Uh, yeah. I was going to say OnlyFans. <laughs> I was yeah. going to try to throw in something funny. but He's a professional. <laughs> yeah, he's a professional. He gets up early in the morning, goes to work, works with water and yeah. stuff. Yeah, good for him. He's a smart yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. He's a smart guy. So, if somebody wanted to find you online, are you are you active in social media at all? And if you uh, wanted not, to send somebody to, I have an Instagram. Place. I have an Instagram account for me, and it's just my name, Jacob Turnbloom. Uh, I just post stupid stuff on there. Mrs. Magician has an Instagram. We don't really post much on there. I don't really. I've kind of been pulling myself out of online stuff, you know, it's sure. just doesn't you feel... You got a new wife. You got other things to focus on, like real life. Yeah, exactly. I even, yeah, it just doesn't feel real. Not bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just feels weird. That's, that's life, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we encourage people to go out and watch Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. I know it's not Michael Myers, and I know that's a wall for a lot of horror people. They just, they, even the ones that haven't seen it, they just won't give it a chance. I think on Halloween, it's just a good Halloween vibe. So if you want to just throw it on during the holiday, it makes you feel, you know, like you're participating. The commercial will be an earworm in your head forever. Oh, yeah. You'll never get rid of it. Yeah. It's funny. And, it's funny. Yeah, it's a, it's a great horror science fiction film, I think. The thing that makes it stand out in any film that he does, it's it's the music from Carpenter. I mean, it's it's uniquely his and doesn't. There's no comparison to anything else really out there when you watch these movies. And it's special too because I think like him and Alan Howarth together was something that like I mean he doesn't doesn't do that anymore with Alan Howarth. It's just like a special moment in time. The music just sounded. It's just not going to ever sound like that again. So yeah, it's really cool when you watch it. I just love when the humanoids would come out of out of camera shot you know and that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. so good I, I just love the smile on Dan, uh dana hurley's face connell cochran when he uh applauds dr daniel at the end when he throws the chips down on everything and the the ray shoots out from stonehenge yeah. and starts lighting up connell cochran he just looks up at the dock and just smiles and gives him a golf yeah, clap. Yeah, yeah. It just disappears into the ether. Like it's so cool. It's I like, love well it. Well played. Yeah, well played. well played. I love that from the villain that he good was game. just like, "Good game, nice job." <laughs> but he's but in his head, he still knows he won because there were still millions of kids sure. and parents who got killed. I mean, even if even if Doctor Daniel was able to stop some yeah, of it, the he sacrifice still yeah. took place. The sacrifice still took place. The field still ran red with blood. So did he get elevated to some place because of that? I, did he actually get killed or did he get transported it, somewhere? That's because up to your interpretation. That was, a, that was a very interesting, you know, the laser coming out of the the stone yeah. and then whatever was going on with the TV. Right. It? There's an online thing that debates that, whether he was actually killed or he went to another dimension yeah. or something. It could be either way. This movie's got witchcraft. There was also an online debate that Ellie was a robot the whole time. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But there's a, So when he screwed her, she was... Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's like, this feels a little weird. It's cold. <laughs> You can buy those now, can't you? 
oh, the Japanese ones are pretty lifelike. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know anything about yeah. that, but easy, Tiger. Well, Jacob, <laughs> anything else? I'm I'm always uh, excited to hang out with you. I don't get to see you enough. I I, I don't ever love... go out. Yeah, I understand. But you know, no, I'm glad I don't... you're creating music though. Thank you. Oh, I'm always gonna do that. No, I don't really have anything going on. I'm I'm putting a song on McHank's tape. Mc, uh-huh. Mc, our buddy McHank has. Records. Yeah, he asked me for a song yesterday. I sent him a song that I cut from the record that I j- just put out last year. Uh, I took one song off of that because it didn't fit, and uh, I'm giving it to him. But it's mixed by me, not by Ben Moore, so it's a little bit. A little sh- it's a little shabbier. <laughs> we love McHank. Support McHank. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it is Halloween week, so you're doing us a solid here. We've we've got you on Monday. You know, we drop our episodes on Mondays, but we're going to do recording here in a second. You're going to stick around and do a bonus one with us, and we're going to drop it the Friday of Halloween week. And it's going to be a choice of ours that you're sitting in on because you know it, and we want to talk to you about it because the more people that know this movie, the better. Absolutely. So, so we're going we're gonna to have you stick around, and we're going to do Sleepaway Camp together. We're going to do a bonus episode, and we're going to get into the absolute batshit craziness of Camp Arawak. A boner episode. <laughs> it is insane. <laughs> so we're, we're, I just want to thank you so much for joining us for this. Oh, dude, thank you for having me. You I'm get to be to our be Halloween week guy. I appreciate it. Uh, we're cutting two episodes with you because you're, you're that guy to us. Uh, oh, dude, you thank and you. Nick out at Reanimated Records. You guys are like the horror guys. That guy's my guy. We should have got him uh, for the next We one. want him. I uh, love Nick. Nick, if you're out there, we would love to have him on I this podcast. I think Nick, is a, he would be an amazing guest. He would have, he's he's much more, uh, his memory is better than mine, so he'd have yeah. a lot more And Tim add, Mays, our, our grand poobah, he wants some business owners on here. And we, oh, yeah. I go to Reanimated for my DVDs. I mean, it's oh, a killer. Yeah, it's like, the prices are under 10 bucks. It and fits you, right in. I mean, he's oh, a horror so fan. It's named Reanimated. My yeah. God. <laughs> I did make a, a horror special, a Halloween horror special last year. And pressed it on VHS that he sells there if you ever want to pick it up. It's just like a countdown of like 20 horror movies. And uh, I did it with the Mega 64 guys. So it's like a, it looks really cool. It sounds really cool. Nice. It's just like an Elvira type of a countdown type of a dealie. But he sells uh, VHS there. Do you watch Sven Yeah, I actually look exactly like Sven <laughs> in the in the video. So, yes. I just noticed that even just now. You now this have... is Gallagher, dude. This, <laughs> this, is, is, this Gallagher. is Gallagher look. Uh, uh, one of the craziest shows I ever saw was a Gallagher show at the Irvine Meadows, and it was Chili Peppers, Fishbone, and it was this whole Gallagher experience. It was the weirdest thing. Ever. I wish he would come back. Oh, is he dead? He's dead. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Never mind. I wish he would come back. I think there's mm. probably an avenue for a career path for you to do like, you know, start smashing fruits, start smashing sledge, things in the sledgematic. You know, you could be like a <laughs> celebrity impersonator. It's so different from anything. I'd be like, just couldn't you see that catching on? It's so different. <laughs> get canceled immediately. Just wasting food. Exactly. Uh, Jacob Turnblum, you're the man. Is that your birth name? Such a cool name. Oh, yeah. Turnblum. That's like, that's your birth name. That's my birth name. Okay. That's not like your artist name. No. You're just Jacob Turnblum. Yeah. You could sing the, sing the Silver Shamrock jingle on the way out. Oh. How many days to Halloween? Eight. Eight more days to Halloween. 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 Eight more days to Halloween. Silver Shamrock. Wow. Hey, SCF fans, it's producer Eric. Join us Friday for a bonus episode with our boy Jacob Turnblum discussing Sleepaway Camp. Then crawl down the well with us Monday to discuss The Ring. Tune in to see who our special guest is.